WebmasterRadio.fm, the destination for education and entertainment. Cover story. Cover a story or attain that coveted story. Get it? That is exactly what you want. Quoted as the expert, the story, headline, the spin. Every week, join us to talk about all things important to relating to the public. Your public. Craft your image. Promote your products. Create expert status. Become the buzz. Join us with the pros. PR 101. Crisis management. Media blitzing. It's all here on Cover Story. We're reserving a headline for you. Hey there, everyone. Welcome to Cover Story. And boy, are we sort of representing all over the country today. It's uh, Brandy Shapiro-Babin here with you and uh, David McGinnis and Mick Jolly. Ferndale, Washington. Yeah, David's in Washington State. Mick is now traveling to the SES show uh, in Chicago. Welcome, Mick. Welcome to me. Thank you for, for joining us. <laughs> no, but thank you for joining. What do you mean? We all, we're all the same thing. Oh, you bet. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> we all join each other. So, oh my God, I woke up in sunny Florida today and I think it was 40 degrees. Well, I think it was about uh, 30 degrees here. So, I, I, it, it is sunny though. So, that's a good thing. Is it bone chilling? Yeah, there's a there's, uh, little, little spattering of snow in, in the evening, but... Uh, Mostly all sunny outside, and you can look out across the lake. So it's, it's beautiful here. It's wow. ac- absolutely beautiful. Hey, so let me ask you a question. We've been getting reports. Uh, we've had different people calling in and giving us reports live from the floor at SES um, over the past 48 hours. Can you give us some highlights of uh, the show and some of the things that sort of stand out to you from a PR angle? From a PR angle, I'll, yeah. t- I'll tell you one of the things that uh, stands out right away just from a get-noticed perspective uh-huh. um, at webmaster world which we were all in attendance at there was a a little company that showed up giving out these uh green t-shirts and um you know they, they were these lime green if you will just real bright fluorescent and you notice those instantly when you saw them and you knew where they came from and here at uh ses chicago we've got a lot of white t-shirts and that's you know just a, just as small of a thing as it is mm-hmm. um to, to separate yourself from the crowd and, and be noticed uh, those those green T-shirts went a long ways, and and I actually ran into uh, one of the folks who was giving out those green T-shirts, and they said, "Hey, we gave out so many of those that we that that we're behind on our on our orders." But you know what? A great <laughs> concept, just as simple as it is. Oh, just totally. Distinguishing yourself from the masses. A hundred percent, totally. But I mean, it was that it was that crazy green color that did it, right, man? It was. It was that green color. Well, yeah, because now, I mean, y- you can identify that crazy I green color of the company. I tried to wear it at home here, and it was just, um, it was really loud. <laughs> yeah, you can hear your shirt. So that's terrific. And I heard that the, the Microsoft booth is just, like, booming and over the top. We're talking about differentiating yourself. Uh, there, there's a lot of outstanding exhibits here, a lot of exten- outstanding exhibitors. Uh, you know, every time I talk to some of these people at their booth or whether they're uh, coming to ours, um, you know, what, what an opportunity to learn what they're doing and what they're about. While so many people uh, at SES Chicago are doing the same thing, everybody's got a little bit different twist, a little bit different angle to try and rise to the top. And, uh, yeah, it, it's an outstanding opportunity, whether you're learning from the exhibitors or, or going into the sessions Seminars, and hearing yeah. the panels. Absolutely. So is, this, is this the Microsoft debut at SES then? Yes, it is. Yes, it absolutely yeah, is. Yeah, they, and, they, and they're doing an outstanding uh uh, they're giving out lots of T-shirts too, and and I do have to back up. They gave out black T-shirts. 
Uh, so, <laughs> you know, but, you know, again, not quite as, uh, it doesn't stand out in your mind the same way that those bright green ones did. But they, they did distinguish themselves a little bit there. Yeah, which is neat. And, I, you know, I think people, too, think when they give out T-shirts, they want it to be something that you're going to wear at home. Like the T-shirts, not to get way off topic, but the T-shirts, and I'm putting this out there, I'd appreciate it if no one adopted this, my girl T-shirts that I had for Webmaster World, for there Webmaster Radio. We're gr- I mean, because I'm always put in a position where, you know, people always think, oh, Brandy, wear my T-shirt, wear my T-shirt. Well, you know, you can never look good enough, and T-shirts kind of for women are, are bulky, you know? Right. So to do the one-shoulder T-shirt that, you know, looks good under a jacket or if you can put it on with a pair of, of jeans, kind of has a fun and going out look. You know, I mean, I've still got people calling going, got more T-shirts, got more T-shirts. So there from a go. girl perspective. Hey, I wear, yeah. I wear a really neat uh, black T-shirt myself. This is Webmaster World on it, but hey, I guess that's <laughs> enough on T-shirts. But it, yes. it, that, that was something that's, that stood out in my mind right away. No, that's uh, true. With all the money that goes into making your booth look outstanding and presenting a really good uh, PowerPoint presentation during the seminars, that's, that's just, it's just those small things that get you noticed sometimes. Oh, 100%. 100%. So actually, we have with us... Speaking of, of cool people and neat stories, uh, Dan Seidman from Sales Autopsy. Mick, you want to do the proper introduction for Dan? Absolutely. Uh, you know, Dan Seidman, he's kind of like those uh, bright green T-shirts in my mind when I, when I first heard about Dan. Dan, say hello to everybody real quick. Hey, glad to be here. Yeah, Dan is the uh, founder of SalesAutopsy.com. Now, uh, Dan comes from a PR side with a, with a heavy marketing angle. He's, he's top He's been a sales coach all across the the country, uh, as well as uh, you know, helping people to figure out how to get to the top in terms of of who they're who they're marketing to, and and uh, you know, along with that, comes some some pretty unique methods of uh, of getting noticed. And, you know, because it's not just going and telling people about a product; it's it's getting noticed first. If you're not getting noticed, forget what you're selling uh, and what you're what you're trying to uh, deliver. I agree and, with you 100. percent basically. Uh, he started out long ago collecting horror stories, if you will, from other people that have, you know, made they've, they've made all the mistakes. And he's really the a pioneer in terms of cataloging those mistakes and then relaying them so others don't make them again. And uh, you know, people I think learn again by those little things that that are different. You know, that, that you're going to remember the the blooper, so to speak, and that therefore will show you what not to do. And ho- hopefully. If, steer you away from the uh, rocks on the shore and, and help, you on the, help you to stay in the deep waters. Yeah, and you know what? I think I'm going to put Dan right on the spot. Okay. Okay, because I, I was doing a little research on you, just a little, and I understand that, that your, your form of relaying information is to make things um, fun and entertaining so that people remember them. Exactly. Because they're fun and entertaining instead of being, like, cumbersome and laborious. So... Off the top of your head, seeing that a lot of people are involved in, uh, you know, doing trade shows these days, et cetera, et cetera, um, can, you, can you just jump right in with something that's sort of top of mind? Oh, I, I have a couple really wild sales horror stories from trade shows. One uh, happened years ago with FMC Corporation, which happens to be the only um, non-union manufacturer of uh, construction equipment in the United States. And they were coming here to Chicago to McCormick Place for their big trade show, shipped a railroad car with about $2 million worth of equipment to put on the show for. And these were giant earth-moving tractors where your head wouldn't even come to the bottom of the metal wheel. They're just so huge. 
And so the day before the show, they get a phone call from the show management saying, you know what, your railroad car never showed up. We don't have any <laughs> equipment here. Yep, been there, so, done that. And what had happened is the union people here in Chicago had basically derailed their railroad car and hit it somewhere in the railroad yards here. And here these guys the night before had to get all their marketing people together and create these cardboard cutouts of their giant tractors. And, of course, it stood out in the show floor, but people want to see the real thing. You know, serious buyers want to see the real thing, not cardboard cutouts. Absolutely. It was a complete disaster for this company. Six months later, they get a phone call from somebody saying, hey, we found your railroad car back, you know, off on some side rail in the stockyards here in Chicago. So if you want to come get your $2 million in equipment, uh, we found it. Oh, my God. Well, it's nice that someone was, you know, honest at the end of the day. So I guess the moral of the story is send someone personally with extremely expensive equipment prior to going to, you know, on the way oh, to sure, the show. Oh, sure. Just like the stagecoaches have the guy with the shotgun sitting right on top of <laughs> in the front seat. Because you know what? That, I'll tell you something. That My first trade show ever was at the Jacob Javits Center in New York City. Okay? Which, for any of you that haven't been there on a clear day, you can see back to Boston. And I had been sent in. Um, we, did, we had a training company, video training workshops, predominantly in the open systems arena. And our booth never showed up. It went to a, like a completely different trade show by mistake. I was put in the same <laughs> position. And ironically, it was supposed to be a smaller show. And I was the only person sent from my company. So finally, they found our stuff. And we were very lucky because trade show organizers were ready to send someone off overnight to reproduce, like, our booth for us, which, thank God, they didn't end up having to do. That's a horrible position to be in. And I ended up getting stuck with 30,000 people (laughs) and me being the only person in the booth. Without brochures or anything? No, no, I had brochures. Oh, that's good. You had your brochures. I had brochures, but I ended up at age 21 standing on a chair like a, like a circus barker, you know, because I couldn't hold, I, I couldn't, I didn't want to miss anyone, but I couldn't talk to everyone at the same time. And this is before they would, I'm aging myself, this is before they would allow you to put, you know, bring microphones on the show floor. So I actually waited for a crowd of people to gather and I gave them my spiel. Oh, gutsy. Yeah. Now, because I'm a coach... I ask people, what's a lesson learned from those kind of mistakes? <laughs> and I don't know if you have, I mean, there's something pops into my head, and maybe the guys will have some ideas too, but do you have anything? What was your lesson you learned from that? God, my lesson that I learned was never go to a trade show by yourself. Always make sure that you've got a backup plan. Um, we are more comfortable shoes. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, at, at my age now, I would never get up on a, on a chair like a, like a circus barker. Um, but at that age and that time, and maybe being as avaricious as I was, maybe that's the wrong word for it. That's <laughs> a great word. You know, that seemed like the right thing to do. And we got a ton of business. You know what I, I've realized is that in every situation you encounter in your daily business life, there might be three or four or if in sales it's five or six objections that you will encounter every single time you go to do something. You should be prepared for every eventuality. There should be no surprises. And, and so you always pre-plan what to do in any situation because you know, hey, either the booth's going to arrive or it's not going to arrive. The literature's going to arrive or not going to arrive. What's my backup plan? Do I have copies? Can I go to a Kinko's and print off full-color copies and spend a fortune? But at least I'm, I'm there. I showed up. So you should always have, like you said, a backup plan for every possibility of things that could go wrong. Because I'm in the they went wrong business, you know. 
Right. No, no, no. I hear you. But let me ask you a question. How do you get someone into that mindset? I think it's hard enough sometimes for people to go, okay, I'm going to a trade show. What's the most important things for me actually to physically have at a trade show? You know, never mind getting you to the point where, you know, if this goes wrong, if this goes wrong, if this goes wrong, because people aren't pros. You know, how do you get you? How do you get yourself in that mindset of knowing how to overcome the possibilities of something going wrong? Well, I think the mindset to have going to the trade show. First of all, this might not be answering your question directly, but boy, if you're working trade shows, it's an unbelievable opportunity where all your prospects are coming to you for a change. So you're not dogging them, chasing them, trying to find business, which can be very frustrating. You hide, they hide behind voicemail. They don't return your calls. They express interest and then never talk to you again. So now they're going to be coming to you. Your okay. job on the trade show floor, first of all, is to qualify and disqualify everybody that walks in. Ah, now brilliant. Let's stop there. Okay. How do we qualify people? Well, every company is going to have a criteria, and because this is a search engine strategy conference, a perfect example is mm-hmm. what's the exact keywords, phrases, how do I exactly identify my perfect customer? Okay. And so when you go to a trade show, Whoever your perfect customer is, they might be 10%, 20% of all the attendees. You have to ask some questions right at the very beginning when they first approach you in the booth to either qualify or disqualify them. Have a strategy for getting rid of them nicely if they don't mm-hmm. fit. And if they do fit, have a strategy for bringing them in, uh, gathering contact information, and hopefully uh, getting them to commit to talking to you on the phone. That's awesome. Okay, so what are some of the qualifying questions you would ask? Because you know what? You're right. You're at a trade show. There's only you know X amount of people in the booth. And you want to be able to spend time with the people that are going to really add to your bottom line. Well, I'll tell you a fun one. I did, I did it at a trade show in Las Vegas. I had a, some guys here that had an electronic device, and uh, they wanted to work the big consumer electronics show a few years ago in Las Vegas. And, and their, in their brilliance, they thought, we'll get a couple good-looking gals from Joliet, Illinois, <laughs> and we'll have them work the trade show booth. And I said, well, that's going to go over real big in booth Las babes. Vegas, a couple good-looking girls right. from Joliet. <laughs> So at the last minute, they called me and their marketing guy who designed the literature and said, would you guys be willing to replace them and work the booth for three or four days? So we flew out there, and they were all inventors, technical people. Much of what we see at this show, for example, too, Mm -hmm. a lot of people aren't necessarily sales professionals, but they have a passion for their product or their service. And so they don't really have good selling skills. So we go to the booth, and I taught their people to ask at the booth when a, a retailer came up to them, what do you think? Do you think you'd buy, like, start with an order of 10,000 of these things. And the president freaked out. It's like, what are you doing? You're going to f- scare everybody away. And I said, no, we're going to qualify or disqualify people. A serious buyer might say, well, no, I might buy a couple hundred to start out with. But somebody who's just there to get some freebies, pick up some freebies. And, and by the way, if you have good freebies at your booth, that might not be in your best interest. But um, you got rid of them real fast because they know the conversation's all about doing business, which is what they should be there for anyway. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you're... I would call that the assumptive close. Right. You ask about their buying patterns right away because hopefully they're there to find things to buy. Right. Correct. And understanding, too, I mean, with something I personally try to do without being offensive to people is qualifying that they're actually the decision maker. Oh, yes. And if they're not the decision maker without insulting them, trying to enroll them in getting me to the decision maker. So you don't waste your time, you don't waste their time, but if they're a company with a possibility for you to sell your product or service into, you're maximizing your capability there. And that's a very tricky thing to do because sometimes the decision maker isn't there. There's somebody that's really screening for the decision maker as they do in real life on the phone. Mm -hmm. And uh, you could really offend somebody by asking a question the wrong way or implying that, you know, I'd like to use you to get through to the right person. Now, how, how would you 
overcome that objection? How would I, you? I create a scenario that they're going to experience if they buy, and I say, uh, "Look at Mr. Prospect, Miss Prospect. Um, let's say you like what what I have here. Let's say our product, this uh, online press release, is perfect for what you want to do to get a ton of views of your of your media release and drive traffic and all that. Let's say that you really like that." Uh, you know, if, if I called you like next week and you said, let's do this, let's create it, would you be the person that would cut me the check right away? Or do we have to get other people involved? There might be other people to get involved, right? And you're just asking a very matter-of-fact way, non-offensive way, you know, just curious, act curious. Right, right. And don't be surprised if people are going to jump in and play the game with you and go, well, there probably would be a couple other people. Oh, well, tell me more about that. Who would that be? Very cool. So you've gauged them in a conversation and not just said, you know, look, at, I'm not sure if you're really the buyer. You might not be. We, we just kind of worked our way around it and got to the end goal okay. uh, because we, we worked our way verbally through the process. Yeah, no, I mean, that, that, that's, that's, a great, that's a great idea. Now, how about differentiating yourself, maybe from a, a PR angle? Well, I had, um, uh, Nick and I were just talking about this before we, we started the radio show. I have a new product that just released this week actually through uh, PR Web, and it's a sales comic book. <laughs> okay, so, I'm probably in there somewhere. Yeah, it's, it's at salescomics.com. It's, this is really wild. I, everybody has a book out now. I figured I'm going to create a whole new category. I'm going to create a comic book of my sales horror stories. And it's very funny, visually funny, colorful, fun type product. And I had an opportunity. I called uh, ACT, the contact management company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And said, hey, do you guys want to place an ad in this comic book? It's going to go out to 5,000 entrepreneurs and sales professionals. The main print run might be 50,000, but the initial print run is like 5,000. So they said, nah, we don't have time to create a, uh, a, an ad. We're not interested in that. So I called Goldmine, and they immediately jumped all over it. Oh, we love this idea. It's perfect. Fabulous. It's really different. People will remember us from seeing us in the comic book. It's like the green shirts. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I'm sitting here going, oh, boy, I got I to gotta commit from Goldmine. Well, a week later, I get a phone call, because I'm a professional speaker. I, I talk about these sales horror stories at sales conferences. I get called by a company that does this national collegiate sales competition for college graduates that are graduating with sales degrees, and the guy wants to have me be the keynote speaker and give out my comic book to everybody that comes in for this conference, professors, major corporate uh, sales executives, and all wow. these kids. Cool. But ACT is a sponsor of the event. <laughs> so okay. I call ACT back and say, look at you guys. I know you don't want to hear from me again, but this is going to be really embarrassing for you. And they immediately said, we'll get you an ad. Uh, we can't have this happen. So right, right, right. the sad ending of the story, you know, and uh, they may hate me for make, putting this out over the airways, is the ad they sent me for the comic book isn't very funny. It's a comic <laughs> book. I wanted a funny ad, but they didn't right. really have the time to create something new. So they gave me their 2005 ad campaign, their main ad. And so it's in the book, and they'll get coverage, and they won't be embarrassed. But, boy, they will really stand out when people see their ad inside a sales comic book instead of sales and marketing management magazine, Selling Power, maybe one of the other publications that they normally are jumping into with their competition. Right, right. No, I hear you. And that's an interesting, I mean, that's truly interesting into itself. Like, that's why, for example, you've got PR Web, who's at Search Engine Strategies. There's, at, I mean, there's a, a, a whole collection of different kind of companies at SES. But predominantly... You have, it's, it's a major collection of competing companies in the same marketplace. And PR Web is a complement to that, but they stand out because they don't really compete with anybody, but they actually, you know, enhance what it is that everyone does there. Well, this is a good point from a marketing standpoint, because if you, uh, my, 
My happy hunting grounds for interviewing salespeople to get their stories is trade shows. I hit all the major trade shows at McCormick Place in Chicago. Some of these are shows that have a couple thousand booths, 1,500, 2,500 booths. Wow. Major, major trade shows. Ugh. So I come here all the time when there's a lot of booths, and I interview people, get my stories. The biggest problem with trade shows is people don't have a clear, distinct message in their trade show booth. Mm-hmm. Here's... For, I, I don't want to mention any names, but, you know... No, actually, mention names. <laughs> mention names. Come on, dish the dirt, Dan. You've got it. <laughs> <laughs> I need to keep my friends. Um, well, uh, I'll mention a booth that Mick and I were, were talking to the executives there, and it's a really good company, business.com. Okay. It's a business-based, you know, um, search engine slash, boy, what would you call them? Um, they, they do pay-per-click programs, all, all kinds yeah. of stuff, and it's just a great resource for business. It's a huge business community, yeah. So, so they just basically have business.com up there. Well, they don't give you any benefits up there. They don't give you any problems you can solve, which are two different things, but certainly either one of them would be advantageous. So all I'm doing is walk around this floor seeing uh, this company.com, that company.com with really cool fonts and pretty colors. Right. And one company has frogs. What the hell away. do you do? Yeah. What do you do? Tell, grab me, make me stop, and go, huh, I want to ask somebody about this. But very few people do that. You know something that is such an awesome point? Because it is true. Because just like me, you know, at 21, getting up on the chair, like the circus barker, there's so many people, you know, hopefully you go to a trade show where there's a, the high attendance level, and you, you, you never do you have enough people at your booth to cover all the people walking past the booth. So you've right. got to hope that as people are glancing, that you are jumping out at them in some way. And, yeah, pretty colors are awesome, but it, you, it should be, and that's a great way to qualify people. We sell paper, you know? We, you know, we're contact management software. We're boom, boom, boom. So people know, and then you're not wasting time with someone that's like, oh. Well, I, and I, I like to ask a trick question of salespeople and marketing people, too, because sometimes marketing people kind of hate my guts when I talk about things like this. It's like, what is your responsibility in a trade show, for example, or on a sales call? What's your responsibility? Is it to educate people? Mm. Because the whole marketing world says, yeah, we're going to educate people about what we do and that we're here and we're available for them. And I would contend that educate is an expensive, short-sighted word to use. Your job should be to motivate people to take some kind of action. So it's not to educate people, it's to motivate them. It's to give them if a call to action. If they're not qualified, motivate them to go away. Get <laughs> <off> <laughs> a piece of candy or something and say, hey, good luck, have fun with the rest of the show. No, that's so funny. When you were thinking, this is so rude, but when you were saying to me, you know, how do you politely get someone to go away? <laughs> you know, have mints at your, <laughs> at your booth. Have mints at your booth and be like, here, would you like a mint? <laughs> there you go. Get the hint. Eat a mint. One of the things uh, I noted too, Randy, that uh, I shouldn't say I noted, I, I observed it along with Dan this morning was, you know, you talked about standing up on a on a chair to, to get the crowd's <laughs> attention to, to to speak to everybody all at once, and, right. and Dan pointed out, you know, real clearly that you know chairs behind you know behind the booths, people are sometimes just sitting and they're wasting that that opportunity, and, and they're just letting people walk by them until somebody comes up to them, uh-huh. and and I, I agree that I'd rather see uh, somebody be enthusiastic and be willing to you know query all the people, find out who's, who's interested, and, um, you know, maybe make some, develop some contacts. Because sometimes, you know, people may be the right people, but they, they also go through a process of, do I want to commit myself? And, uh, yeah, well, do I want to have this conversation? But you know what? Hey, Mick, yes. let's do this. Let's take a break. And Dan, if you would stand by, and David, if you'd stand by, we'll pay a few bills. And then let's talk about gating people at the trade show booth. Okay. All right. Sound cool? Sure thing. All right, everyone. We'll be right back with Cover Story. 
WebmasterRadio.fm. Log into the lounge and linger. Live, laugh, learn. Merchants offer your customers a billing solution with zero chargeback risk. Introducing DuoCash. DuoCash. And the revolutionary card that's just like using cash on the net. No credit card or bank account required. DuoCash is available wherever prepaid calling cards are sold or online at DuoCash.com. So ensure your customer's online experience anywhere they see PayByCash.com or DuoCash. And don't leave money on the table. Sign up with DuoCash, the official prepaid shopping card of the internet. Duo cash more and more women are experiencing amazing pleasures enjoying playful chocolates from playfulcash.com all natural gourmet Colombian treats that are simply sinful as a playfulcash.com affiliate you'll enjoy weekly payouts up to 50% on all sales of these trademark and patented products multiple payout options 5% referral fees and private labeling available isn't life sweet when playful is highly profitable for more money making info visit playfulcash.com today over four thousand clients around the world are utilizing effective content-based solutions from InfoSearch Media with the expertise of over 200 professional copywriters to work for you. Studies show that the number one factor visitors consider before making a purchase online is trust. And nothing creates more trust and loyalty than well-written, informative content. High-quality content also generates free search engine traffic. Content is definitely king. Visit InfoSearchMedia.com Today. Attention webmasters. Wish you could convert more web traffic into cash? No need to rub a lamp. Just click on genienose.com. Install a co-branded search box on your site or incorporate paid listings XML into search results. And at your command, genienose.com pays cash for each result your users click on. Enjoy prompt payment and superior customer service. Earn even more through our co-branded referral program. Genie knows how to deliver results. G-E-N-I-E-K-N-O OWS.com. Proud sponsor of the Webmaster World. Tulsa to Tunisia, Boston to Bogota. All united through WebmasterRadio.fm. Commercials off. Now back to Cover Story. We're reserving a headline for you. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Cover Story. Uh, we have David McGinnis, Mick Jolly, as usual, and we are joined this afternoon with um, Dan Seidman. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you for here. Hey, so I think, and this is interesting, you know, when people talk about public relations, you think of um, more media-related things, and at the end of the day, it's all about relating to your public, and one way of relating to your public is sales, you know, obviously, and trade show participation. And I think that you guys have hit on some awesome points that when you are going to spend money to create a booth, have a booth that very clearly tells who your company is, differentiates you from someone else. And while people are walking by, is eye-catching and clear and concise. Um, we talked about, you know, if you're going to do promotional stuff, do something like the green colored shirt that when people wear it, they stand out and it's like free advertising for you and much easier free advertising. You don't get stuck in the clutter. And uh, learning to overcome objections, whether it's in a plan that may fall through, like actually getting your stuff to the trade show and having the proper setup, having a backup plan so you don't end up with egg on your face, as well as, uh, you know, understanding and qualifying people on the show floor. That's it. So that's if you kids are just jumping in now, that's what we've been covering today. 
We encourage you to get into the chat room so you can ask questions live. Uh, if not, we're just glad that you're listening to the feed. But gating people at a trade show, if you're, if you're in a booth. Well, I'll tell you something that I've done. This is Dan again. Um, um, we took, I did a big trade show in Kansas City a few years ago, and, and we took uh, little name tags, uh, little buttons, with those red flashing lights, okay. those little red diodes. And on the back of them, we stuck a three-digit number. There were about 3,000 people at this show. Okay. And there were probably four or five or six of each of the numbers on the back, of each single number, mixed in with these 1,500 or 2,000 of the badges that we actually gave out. Well, it functioned as a mixer. So people came to the booth, they got their badge, and they had to go find somebody with the same number and bring them back to the booth. And if they had somebody with them with the same number, they could qualify for a prize. Okay. So it's we like got them back burger. more than once. We got them to mix with strangers that they'd never met before, and hopefully both of them, if one won, both of them won the prize. And sometimes people would bring like three people back. You know, <laughs> multiple. But, so it was really funny. So, there was, so we got people to the booth. As soon as the word went out, you've got to go get these flashing badges because they're giving away prizes if you find your partner. Uh, the, the funny byproduct was the first speaker did the opening keynote at this conference stood up there, and I, I gave out the awards later. I gave out the prizes later on uh, the next day and saw it, too. He looked out over this sea of 3,000 people and saw all these red flashing lights. That's He fabulous. said it was so cool. He goes, whose idea was this? These right. flashing, I mean, they might give me a headache by the time I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> right. But it was a great idea. And so I've encouraged other people to do things in a unique fashion as well and get people to come back to the booth. How do you get them to come back? Because that's what the web is all about, right? How do you get them to come back to my website Absolutely. after they visit it once? Excellent point. Excellent point. So what are... some of the, pre, the pre-show publicity that you need to consider? Right. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's a good point. Um, uh, some shows will let you uh, buy lists, you know, okay. or, get, or it comes with your booth, and, and some shows won't. And okay, you you're talking about an of, attendee list. Right. Okay, cool. Right. And... Uh, so hopefully that is going to be a better hook than the other mail that people are sending out. And again, we're talking about marketing people, and marketing people have ideas about what colors to use, how heavy a paper to use, you know, what are the great words that catch people's eyes. You, again, want them to take some kind of action. So make sure that pre-show mailing gets them to the booth to get something, win something, pick up a prize, or some kind of action that would be significant to you. Come and pick up a 20% discount on the first use of our service. So your pre-show mailing should in, in, encourage them to take some action to get them to your booth. Okay. Well, we have um, we have over uh, probably over 150, close to 200,000 users of PR Web. We, we we like to make sure that they know where we're going to be. And I think that's a good a good takeaway too is to you know go to your go to your customer base, the people who already use your service and are loyal to your service, and let them know where you're going to be. Because they'll, 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 they'll help you create buzz about your, pro- your, your new product that you're demoing. Or right, 100%. Well, so. And they're fans. Sometimes they just want to meet you. You know, they've seen your name splashed on the webpage somewhere. They just want to meet you. That's what happened with me. I'm actually being dead serious. But that really is what happened to me. <laughs> I'm a big fan. Hey, I'm a, a fan. I'm a, you know, I was a big fan, you know, of David's, and I, I sought him out. You know, I, I hunted that man down. And I said, you know, you're the man. That's awesome. But, yeah, no, so I, I agree with you in that regard. I also, I personally am a firm believer in, in, you know, if you are going to a trade show, everyone should have their hot list of priorities. Mm-hmm. So if it's to generate sales, then get, you know, and you know that certain people are going to be at the trade show, set up meetings with them. 
And I personally like to set up meetings not on the trade show floor, but afterwards because that's your money times on the floor. Sure. So, you know, and, and I think that's a big issue with people is how to, priorita- how to prioritize their time. And sometimes when you're at a trade show floor and you're actually getting appointments with people that are high-profile people, the trade show floor can be very distracting. Well, this brings up a funny problem that I see a lot in trade shows. I, I, uh, I mentioned in some of my writing that I, was, uh, I just received correspondence from a couple companies from a trade show that I'd, where I'd met them four months prior. And they finally sent me some follow-up four months later. And, and both the companies, the phone calls were almost identical. Everybody was pretty surprised and a little bit hurt that I didn't remember them. After all, we practically became blood brothers when we met at the show. And now four months later, I didn't remember them. <laughs> you know, so how serious are you about your investment? You've got to jump on these people immediately the next week, do your follow-up, set a phone appointment, face-to-face appointment if that's the nature of your business, and make sure that you nail down all those relationships. In sales training, this is why this is important. In sales training, we, we taught people... When you sell somebody on your concept and they get excited about it or interested in it, they're at the peak level of interest right when you get done talking to them. So they're hot. And if you have like a little uh, a curve and they slid up the curve to the hottest, highest point, you don't know how fast your level of interest is going to diminish. Will it diminish slowly like a long, slow slope? Or will it just plunge like a cliff and they'll forget about you the next day? Right, 100%. So you can assume, only assume the worst and know that you better get to them as quickly as possible before they dive too far down right, that slope, well, no matter which one it is. Now, what do you think? Do you, do you like to follow up with an email, or do you like to follow up with a phone call? And I know that sometimes you know, you'll get specific directives from the client or potential client itself, but what is your preference? Hey, I, you know what? I, don't, I, I use email, but I only use it with other things. I mean, everybody's using email. It's hard to distinguish yourself. Mick and I were talking about this earlier. Um, some, of the, some of the great people that are contacting uh, follow-up leads or trying to generate leads nowadays they're using faxes right now. Because Which is nobody funny, else it goes is backwards. Faxes. Right, right, right. <laughs> I mean, I, th- I think that's brilliant. Right. No, I hear you. That, that definitely does. That, that's an interesting point because there's, there's a broad spectrum of people out there that you want to try and reach, and there's different tools that we can use for that, but we don't necessarily want to forget some of the old techniques. If you already know who somebody is, you have a name, you have a face, and you want to make sure that you don't end up, uh, you know, in, in, in the uh, junk mail, you know, potentially because it's the first time through their mailbox, you might want to reach out to them with a fax or, or a phone call. Use some other, you know, original type, you know, old tactic, if you will, but, yeah. it's, but it still works. I mean, yep. I, yeah. Oh, I apologize. Well, I think the most respectful way to deal with people is, of course, to ask them how they prefer to be communicated with. Exactly. Exactly. And something, too, that I think is very important that I'm finding right now, because, Mick, you made an excellent point, that when you sometimes send someone an email because they get so many emails and, like, I, myself, I have spam arrest. And, you know, sometimes it goes into, un- I mean, who knows where the hell emails go sometimes. So, and if I see an email from someone I don't know, I'm nine out of 10 times, I'm not, I'm not going to open it. So is to put something that, you know, in the, in the subject header that will let them know that it's you, you know, versus just your name. Oh, so we met last Thursday, something like that. Right. Per hour, good. you know. Very good. Um, you know, at least I'm finding with a lot, of, especially like heavy weights that, you know, everyone's trying to solicit them. You know, it's like, like, like give you almost like a keyword, <laughs> you know. Um, and I personally, what do you think about this, Dan? I, unless someone says specifically, do not contact me via the phone, I still think the phone is the best way to reach people, to reach out to them. What do you think? I agree completely. 
unless you're going to meet them face-to-face, which is always the, the prime uh, way to meet, because if they'll commit to a face-to-face meeting, they're pretty serious about your solution or your benefits that you're offering. But uh, your, your second-best option is the phone, and the, the phone means you make higher number of contacts, you, you do the high-volume thing, get through to more people. Um, I've had, I, I'll, I'll tell you something kind of unique about the phone. I talked to the, the assistant to the president of a very large insurance company. And I talked to her a couple times, sent, sent actually the sales comic book thinking he might buy it for his whole field sales force, you know, which would be a gigantic sale, of course. So I said to her, listen, Bonnie, what's the best way to get a hold of Larry? And she goes, call him at 7 o'clock. I'm not here. He'll answer his own phone. Great. So people will help you if they like you. Now, they, I'm ah. not going to be hunting this, this gatekeeper you know, and being a jerk, but if they like me and they think I have something really different or unusual, they'll give me access to them. Uh-huh. You know something? You, all right, that, that to me is the number one thing I try to tell people. If, and this is the fortunate or unfortunate thing about life. If someone likes you, they're more likely to do business with you. And if you can make someone's life easier, put a smile on their face, you know, and like, I, I haven't done this in a while, but I used to do weird things. You know, like I'd call up and I'd say, you know, I'd like to speak to Mr. President, please. And they'd say, oh, I'm sorry, I, I, um, he can't speak right now. He's tied up. <laughs> right? Uh, okay, well, aren't you lucky I'm not his wife? You know, I mean, just, <laughs> you know, or I'm afraid he's not here right now. You are so not afraid. You are so excited that you got a couple of minutes to yourself. That's a good line. <laughs> and, you know, just goofy things that disarm people make you stand out. And, um, you know, put you in a position where, you know, they feel comfortable about pushing you on to the person that you want to speak to. If they well, I, I, my rule is try and get people to laugh as quickly as possible after I get them on the phone. Right, right. I mean, so, so that's kind of my rule, and that's exactly what you just described. Lighten their load. Yep. You know, differentiate yourself because you're, you're giving them, like, a fun moment in time. Like, I know when I call David's company... Um, you know, a lot of times Karen, I'm going to get Karen into trouble. Karen answers the phone (laughs) and she is so nice. She puts a smile on my face and it makes me feel good when I can make her smile. But you know, it, it, it's, I definitely think it's situations like that. I think that you differentiate yourself. And something that I've heard from, from me is that be persistent. If you know that you want to do business with someone and you know that, you know, you've, you, you can overcome the objections. You've qualified them. This would be the greatest thing for me. Like your gold mine sale or your axe sale. Like this makes sense. Like this person may not know that they want to do business with me. Right. But I know this is great. Be nicely persistent. Do not get an attitude, you know. And every once in a while I'll call up like if someone's not calling me back and I'll leave a threatening phone call. If you don't call me back, I will go to the worst joke section. <laughs> <laughs> and I will leave you a horrible, like, bad joke every day, you know? And it's a little levity thing. And someone, you know what? I think that gives people sort of like a pause to go, you know what? Um, this person has been really patient and they've been persistent and they've been polite and they're being a little fun. Let me take that five minutes out to return that call. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I have... Uh the whole idea of standing out from all the other what I call sales dogs hounding buyers all day long is just critical to distinguish yourself and making sure that they want to do business with you. I remember I was, uh, I was trying to get a, uh, a government official to fill out some forms for me that normally take three weeks, and I needed them done that day. And I'd never met this woman, but I'd heard about her from a lot of people in the business, and they said she's an ex- absolute dragon. 
big, nasty woman, you know, she was in charge, and she was going to make you know for sure she was in charge, and if she wanted you to wait, you were just stuck waiting. So I walked into that office, first time I'd ever met her, I said, hey, Marilyn, I, I, um, I know all about you, and you know about you too, so I'm not telling you anything different than you're a hard person to do business with. I said, but I brought something I thought would be an appropriate gift for you, and so, and I need some help <laughs> right afraid. now, but I first I want to give you a gift. <laughs> I handed her a cactus. Ow! Okay. And she stared at me for a minute, and the whole room went silent, because there were all these people waiting in line. It was finally my turn in line. All these people were staring at this idiot, handing this nasty woman a cactus. And she burst out laughing and said, that's my personality. That's a perfect description of me. I love this. I had everything in 15 minutes. There you go. There you go. Because, again, I distinguished myself from everybody else. Right, and you weren't saying the woman's doing her job in the way that she feels, and she's probably proud. Oh, yeah. She's probably proud. Like, I, sometimes, some people call me the steamroller. And you know what? <laughs> I actually, you know, I'll, I'll, I, I try to make a positive out of anything. I actually like that. So you actually gave her something physical that had right. a positive connotation to who she was. So that's, yeah, that's a great concept. So I had to have the guts to do something different to stand out. And you know what? When you do those different things, your life becomes so much more fun. I've told that story hundreds of times over the years. People think it's a great story. She probably told more people than I told. That right. I gave her a cactus. Well, you know something? It's a gift. It's a gift. I'm a very firm believer of enthusiasm breeds enthusiasm. So if you can enjoy what you're doing, have a great time with people while you're doing it, they get off the phone feeling better. They have more energy to take on their projects, as do you. And, you know, and so on and so on and so on. And with that word, let me take a break. And uh, can we come back with you guys? Absolutely. We're here. You rock. We'll be right back with Cover Story. WebmasterRadio.fm, keeping you out of rush hour traffic. Merchants, offer your customers a billing solution with zero chargeback risk. Introducing DuoCash. DuoCash. And the revolutionary card that's just like using cash on the net. No credit card or bank account required. DuoCash is available wherever prepaid calling cards are sold or online at DuoCash.com. So ensure your customer's online experience anywhere they see PayByCash.com or DuoCash. And don't leave money on the table. Sign up with DuoCash, the official prepaid shopping card of the internet. DuoCash. Cash. A rose by any other name would still be the same. Move over, Shakespeare. You need to differentiate yourself from your competition. Do it by aligning yourself with a company who has earned the trust of Jupiter Media, the NHL, and Lionsgate Films, among others. Moniker.com is the most secure ICANN accredited register on the planet, offering you domain registration, hosting, domain sales, and acquisition services. Wrap that up with 24-7 support. That's your winning combination. M-O-N-I-K-E-R.com. More than a name. Are you ready to optimize your website's full potential? Well, it's all about positioning. Trusted by search engines for delivering clean and optimized content pages for customers. The trusted feeds industry pioneers at Position Technologies will help you build a solid foundation for creating long-term impact on you and your customers' bottom line. So visit PositionTechnologies.com today and look forward to achieving new heights within the search engines. WebmasterRadio.fm Welcome to the place your competitors get their edge. Jump on it. We're here for you 24-7. Commercials off. Now back to Cover Story. We're reserving a headline for you. 
Hey everyone, welcome back with Cover Story. Our very special guest this afternoon is Dan Seidman, who is uh, the owner of salesautopsy.com. And you can also see his regular features over at monster, monster.com. All sorts of uh, funky blunders to uh, not do while you're out there looking for a job or you're trying to close that all-important sale. Welcome back. Hey, I actually have a, a, a really bizarre PR horror story if you want to hear it. Yeah, we're all about those. This, uh, <laughs> this gal, uh, Jean, her company had landed a big uh, PR account with an Australian beer company, and their rollout was a big bash at the Hyatt Regency Hotel downtown Chicago. And everybody of influence was going to be there, reporters, Chicago executives, as well as politicians, and, of course, buyers of, of beer from bars and such all over the, the community. Well, aside from the free beer they were giving away, they had hired a guy who was going to bring a six-and-a-half-foot kangaroo that would stand outside the hotel and brand the event with Australia's best-known beast. And the photographic opportunities were endless. I mean, just... With a live... Are we talking about a real kangaroo? A real or kangaroo. In a kangaroo. He has it on a leash sitting outside the... You know, yeah. that, that evening sitting outside the entrance of the hotel. People I want to sit in the, the pouch. Yeah. So they, you know, they felt like, hey, image is everything, and we're doing this, this right. This is something really different. It's going to get all kinds of media coverage from the press and all that. At 2 in the morning, the day of the event, 2 in the morning... She gets a phone call, and the animal trainer, the guy that owns a kangaroo, is weeping. He says, my roo is dead. I'm so sorry. I don't have the animal for you. It had caught some virus here, and it just gotten sick and died that day. Okay. So now where do you find a live kangaroo on a half day's notice? Because the whole event's built around having a live kangaroo. I mean, I could so neither local zoos are going to help. <laughs> you've got to be kidding. Yeah, come on. Let's, let's root nap. <laughs> So the guy has one option. He has a small wallaby. And if anybody knows, been to the zoo, you know a wallaby is like a small cousin of the kangaroo. It's about a foot and a half, two feet tall. And <laughs> it was basically room. so small that nobody noticed the thing except the people that tripped over it coming to the oh, hotel. No. The event was just mediocre. I mean, it kind of deflated the air out of the, the media people, the ad agency people. They kind of lost their energy for it. were very stressed out by the disaster. And, it, of course, it would be impossible to measure the lost sales from that missing kangaroo. But they did miss a chance to broadcast you know, their client to, uh, you know, these pastors by and media people at a busy Chicago event. I just, so, you know, sorry. terrible situation, kind of funny, you know, visually funny, but uh, big PR disaster. I mean, like, I don't mean to sound rude, but, you know, like, first of all, I think it's ridiculous, and I would think it would be against health code to, <laughs> have, to have a live kangaroo. But forget the fact that why wouldn't they just go and replace the real kangaroo with a person in a kangaroo suit who could just interact with everyone. And sort of make, a mascot. Yeah, yeah. And just be over the top. I mean, because you know what the cool thing is? Is giving people the excuse to be zany. Right. You know, um, which, you know, is, is kind of a neat thing to be able to do in public, you know, in, in regard to public relations. Because everyone wants, everyone wants an excuse to be silly or happy or, you know. Um, wow, I'm just shocked at that. So they get this little wallaby. They got a wallaby. It was their backup plan, and it just didn't work. I mean, I'm sure the wallaby was cute. I'm a big, you know, animal lover. But, you know, it, it's funny. You, you had mentioned the story about the lady with the cactus. Yes. And every once in a while, you know, I just remember this one woman, and it's silly how if positioned properly sometimes, and this is really, you know, everyone has to look at who they are and be comfortable with their own personal presentation because what works for me isn't going to work for David, isn't going to work for Mick, and vice versa. However, every once in a while, you know, I'll, I'll contact someone who just is like, you know, hitting a brick wall and not nice. And I remember I was, uh, 
trying to get a hold of like, I think it was someone like a BBDO or something and, you know, the, whoever the account exec was. And, you know, like after a while I get it, these people get a million calls. They don't want to deal with you, blah, 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 blah. So finally this woman was just so damn rude. And that's like one thing I can't stand as rude people. You know what I mean? Don't, don't shut me down until you know who I am. Just be polite. If you don't want to talk, either don't answer your phone, you know, sure, or, or just tell me, you know, this is what I need from you in order to speak with you. Because I don't have the time. Fabulous. But this one was just rude. So I decided I was going to call her one last time. And I was going to ask her if she was married or had a boyfriend. And if she was still rude to me, I was going to, you know, tell her, um, you know, whatever sort of came to mind in regard to that regard. And, <laughs> oh, no. Oh, totally. I mean, because this woman just, I mean, she was mean. She was mean. You'd had your fill, huh? Oh, my God. I mean, I was. A, she said she was going to be married. I was going to tell her, you know, you better hold on to your husband because ain't nobody else want you. If she wasn't married, I was like, oh, no wonder why, because you're a frigid bitch. I mean, you know, whatever. But instead, I asked her if she was married or she had a boyfriend. And all of a sudden, she said, no, actually, I'm, I'm single. Why do you ask? As her voice warmed. And I said, well, because I was, which, which actually was the truth. I had a friend that just moved to New York. He's a super busy executive, didn't have time to really get out and socialize. And it, it popped right into my head. You have never in your life seen someone <laughs> warm so quickly to me. This woman that was really such a horrid bitch that I told her afterwards, you know what? Don't answer your phone. You are such a nice person. <laughs> but I really pegged you as being a horrid bitch. And I was going to go out and I was going to buy a voodoo doll, get a picture of you, stick it with little pins. You were so mean. And, um, you know, they ended up dating for a while and I got the deal that I wanted and everything worked out okay. But it, it's interesting finding. Um, so that was a little bit of an embarrassing story I just shared with you people. But, but, but that's a real life story. Finding, you know, I think there's a couple of things because I know that, Dan, your thing is you need to respect people's time. Yes. Right. Yes. You know, get it. And I think on top of respecting someone's time and, and knowing, like, if these are the right people for you to do business with, if, like, I know I want to do business with you, I just need you to understand the message so that we can do the deal, then at that point, if it's still not working, is trying to find that common ground that will allow them to either be enrolled by you or be personally inspired by you or just feel bonded to you. And that was one of those weird times where I would never have really said any of the things that I was thinking. Well, then, I don't know if you was gutsier of you to, to do that with her or to use the language you used on the air. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. Well, no, you know what the cool thing is? We are not censored. I actually never use profanity on, the, on our radio shows. <laughs> but I just wanted to express how, you know, this woman came across. But Well, that's an expression, too, of how uh, frustrated you get with people who show disrespect for him. I had, a, I had a company where the woman had to return any phone calls from any staff people for 64 phone calls. So I could look in the contact record and see LVM, left voicemail, 64 mm -hmm. times over the course of like two years right. for this woman. And I called her up and I left her voicemail that said, congratulations, we have over <laughs> 5,000 people we've contacted. You have ignored us more and longer than anybody else 64 times, and I just want to let you know nobody's even close to that. <laughs> right. About two hours later, she called the office and asked for me. <laughs> and just started screaming at me. You're a jerk, and you know if I don't want to call you back, I don't have to call you back. Right. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, Thanks whoa, for taking so the time now. I'm um, just, I guess, I was a little frustrated, and just, I didn't know what to say. So I hang up the phone, and she slams the phone down on me. Of course, the next morning she calls and apologizes and asks me to come in and see her. Very cool. Unbelievable. Became a client of mine. Found out a good friend of mine, uh, you know, so-so friend of mine, uh, was actually working in her office, and I didn't know about it. 
<laughs> and so we bonded quickly, and she ended up being a client. You know, but sometimes again, you have to have the guts to do things that express your frustration or just show that you're different from everybody else. Right, and I think that there's a difference between you always want to present yourself and present your company in the best light possible because at the end of the day, you are a professional. And at the end of the day, I want everyone to say, you know, Brandy was a lady. Although, you know, maybe I didn't um, exactly exhibit that a few minutes ago. But, you know, and, and, you know and, and do the right thing. But at the same time, you know, you can get down a certain path and, you, you know, you hit a crossroad. Do I terminate this person from my list or do I do something maybe a little bit creative in my approach to say, you know, like we've hit a wall. Where, you know, can we find another path to go down or have we hit the end of our road? So, yeah, I think what you did was great. And the thing with the cactus was great. But I think the most important thing is for everyone to do what is comfortable for them. Like, I might not have had the guts to walk up to the woman with the cactus. <laughs> right? But you did, and you pulled it off flawlessly. You may never had the, the guts to say to the woman, so, you got a boyfriend, are you married? <laughs> well, I've actually delivered coconuts to people with a uh, handwritten on a marker on the side of the coconut. You're a tough nut to crack when they wouldn't return my phone call. <laughs> I um, love it. That's gotten callbacks. <laughs> um, and, and if I can give some resources, there are four organizations that provide these really unique gifts. You know, aside from what can just pop into your what? head. Like dead uh, horses' heads? <laughs> so that's horrible. ASI, which is Advertising Specialties Institute, ASI, PPAI, um, Promotional Products Association. Awesome. And uh, ITME, which is International Travel and, and Management Expo, and the Big Motivation Show, which is in Chicago every October is another one where they give you all kinds of unique gifts, funny things. This is where I found out about the coconut. You could mail a coconut and write a message on the outside of it. I love that. So go you know, browse through these, find these organizations' websites, look at some of the ideas, and just get creative in how you track people down, whether you're doing a trade show uh, promotion or whether you're just doing it one-on-one -on, -one on the phone or face-to-face -face with, with uh, potential prospects, potential clients. That's awesome. That is awesome. You know, I mean... It Everything, you know, it, you have to, you know, factor in the cost of, of everything that, that you do. But, you know, how much, what's the cost to acquire a new client? And what are the various ways that you're going to do it? I think this has been an interesting show. I think this has been very fun. I think that, um, I think I'm going to be thinking about this all day long and laughing. There you go. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Which is a great thing because, you know what, at the end of the day, I'm going to remember it because I had fun. I had a lot of fun, you guys. Hey, we had a great time here. So I just want to say, Dan Seidman, hey, I got a question for you before you get out of the air. Yes. Are, you're not from Massachusetts originally, are you? Los Angeles. Los Angeles. I went to camp, overnight camp, with a bunch of Seidmans. Good people, Seidmans. I have family in New York and family in Los Angeles. Oh, very cool. Did they go to summer camp? <laughs> hey, did, um, not out there. I went no. to California in the mountains. Very cool. Hey, if, if, you're, uh, if you're listeners, callers, um, uh, people online would like i'd be happy to give away a sales comic book or yay two. you know something we were we usually like to do that put people on the spot to give away something free i think that would be uh, I fabulous thought, i thought you were gonna get i thought you were gonna sneak by us today <laughs> <laughs> no 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 dan but thank you he wouldn't do that to you <laughs> no you know what and dan thanks for stepping up to the plate that's fabulous we would love to do that okay the first person to mention dan seidman's url in the chat room Wins the wins the first comic book. How 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 close attention has everyone been paying? And the second giveaway. Let's go back to Mick at the very beginning of the show. What is his favorite color T-shirt? The best color T-shirt he's seen that's been a standout at the trade shows. Now that one should be easy. 
Hey, and look at this, Pam. Pam 358. Woohoo! com. Pam is paying attention. We love that. She gets. Pam, if you could private message uh, SE Guru your um your address we will get that to dan seidman or to, you can do that to uh to david mcginnis or uh pr web david at pr web if you want to no david at pr web is not my email no 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 D- oh, pmu yeah right. um and what's coming up next on um and lime green lime green i'm sorry we've got the second winner ogletree lime green you are right we love when people listen good job guys all right <laughs> so coming up next everyone stay tuned we've got uh Next Stuff Now with uh, Chris Tolles at 5 p.m. Eastern and then premiering live tonight for the very first time, the first ever domain name show. It's called Domain Name Domain Masters, hosted by Monty Khan, the president of Moniker.com, and I can accredited registrar. So we hope you guys uh, stay tuned in because it's going to be a fabulous, fabulous night. Once again, you guys, Dan Seidman, thank you for being on Cover Story today. Thank you, Brandy. Thanks, everybody. Mick Jolly, have a fabulous time in Chicago. Hey, we're going to enjoy the show. We're going to enjoy the rest of it. You bet. And uh, David, always a pleasure. We'll see you guys next week on Cover Story.